purpose is transforming the world of work and business. Those leading the way are values-based and people-focused leaders who see business as a force for good. Host Kevin Monroe explores how tapping into the power of purpose infuses your business with meaning and touches the lives of your employees while positively impacting the communities you serve. With the Higher Purpose Podcast, here's Kevin Monroe. Hey, it's Kevin Monroe, and you're listening to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Welcome. I'm delighted to have you join me today, whether you're a regular listener or whether you're a first-time listener. It's going to be a fun conversation today. This is the first guest conversation of 2019, and what's coming your way promises to be exciting, stimulating, and energizing. It's a conversation with Mike Vacanti. He's the founder of the Humans First Club. But before we get to that conversation, I want to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Marcel Schwantes. Marcel, I was talking to him right before Christmas, and he said, you need to meet Mike, and he brokered the introduction. So often I share how I meet the amazing people that join here on the podcast. I want to tell you, I do that for a couple of reasons. One, I want to publicly acknowledge people and thank them for their kindness and their generosity in sharing connections. And two, I want to vividly illustrate for you a principle that I frequently teach in sessions that I do for clients, and that's that none of us knows everybody we need to know. But everyone we know knows someone we need to know. And so this whole idea, and you're going to hear us, Mike and I talk about this, about the generosity of relationships and just the wonderful people that are part of the Humans First Club. So it's amazing to me what happens when people are generous, generous with their knowledge, generous with their friendships, their connections. And it's what I talked about a couple of weeks ago is riding the waves and making ripples. Without any further ado, here we go with Mike Vacanti. Welcome, Mike Vacanti. This is going to be fun. And we're just going to have a lively conversation about the Humans First Club. So welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Thank you very much, Kevin. I'm very excited to be here. Well, before we dive in and start talking about all things human first. Let me ask you, what's something you're grateful for in this moment, Mike? I love that because I practice gratitude daily. It's actually part of my meditation in the morning. Right now at this moment, I am most grateful for the people that are continuing to come into my life and new relationships. And the gratitude piece of that, Kevin, I think really is that I'm grateful for the ability to stay present in the day. You know, I think that the best time is the time we're in. And I'm fortunate enough to be healthy, energetic, and overall pretty happy. And engaging with people that are coming into my life and being present with those relationships and with each day, I think that's first on my mind right now. All right. I'm with you there. This whole idea of people and relationship, and we're going to dive into this. I said this in the introduction, but I'm going to say it now so you can weigh in. Hey, Marcel Schwantes, thank you because you're the one that introduced me and Mike and allowed this conversation to start. 
And then you posted something on LinkedIn yesterday. And as we were just talking before we hit the record button, all of a sudden there are spinoff conversations and there are people reaching out. And it is, there's just this wonderful waves and ripples of people connecting with one another, engaging in conversation. So it's going to be fun. You can say hello to Marcel if you'd like here. Hello, Marcel. There's a fun story about Marcel and I having our first conversation, Kevin, and he pulled into a coffee shop so we could do a Zoom call. Uh-huh. And he got his phone, you know, ready to go, set up in the guy's coffee. And we talked until the battery ran out. <laughs> it was so enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're here to talk about the Humans First Club. So let's just get started. What is the Humans First Club? The Humans First Club is a consortium of interested people. And when I say interested people, interested in understanding and recognizing that we can do better creating business environments that are really focused on growing well-being within our workforce and creating environments and cultures where people can grow and thrive, which is an answer to the current situation we're reading about, reading research of, and and many are experiencing. I was going to say, and experiencing. Yes. An inflection point. And I'm just going to leave it as an inflection point right now. Okay. It's not good or bad, but there certainly are some challenges out there. And the research indicates that those challenges are large. The Humans First Club is really just a group of interested, like-hearted people that believe if we put the right effort in, we can start to make a shift. And the mission that's written out in a simple sentence is to ignite and accelerate a shift in business culture that values humans first. Hmm. Say that again, the mission. To ignite and accelerate a shift in business culture to value humans first. Okay. I love that. I love that, Mike. So, Mike, I want to add one or two words to that consortium, maybe three or four. You said a consortium of interested people. I would add an interesting people. From the people I've engaged with, this is a consortium of very interested, energizing electrifying people. So it's not just interested people. It's people you want to know and you want to be connected with in life. It's so true and so profoundly, Kevin, that it brings me to a pause Hmm. where I often sit and reflect how fortunate I have been to now have these relationships building that have come through a desire to go do something good (laughs) and the inspiration, intelligence, caring, Mm -hmm. and wisdom that has come from this group of people that seriously grows every week and is reaching, you know, over a thousand, but within that dozens of very strong relationships that are building and So that circle that I get to operate in every day 
is so inspiring and humbling, really. Where did this idea come from? Yeah. You know, I, the origins are interesting. So I, when I first started my consulting work like three years ago, there's a couple of phrases that I really zeroed in on and kept them as a base. And they're still on my website today. And one of them is just a statement of my true belief from my business experience that people are your business. People are your employees. People are your customers. So that's one of them. The next one is, as I looked at what am I going to do in this business consulting and what impact might I have? And I came to the conclusion that it's much more than what we accomplish. It's who we become along the journey. And so there's this maturity and growth that I just really strongly have believed in. And and then another phrase that really is a key tenet for me and something that I live with every day is the intent to lift others. And on my site, it still says leadership equals lift others. Hmm. And so I've had a very human-centered approach to helping companies elevate their outcomes, their profitability, their achievement, their levels of achievement, and in many times their reorganizations and going through challenges. That human-centered focus connected me with a couple of folks that were giving me feedback and we were having some dialogue around Claude Silver is certainly one of them. And Claude was giving me feedback on one of the programs that I take out to companies. Claude said, Mike, there's this guy in Australia that you have to meet because you guys have the same energy. Hmm. So Mark LaBosque, who's in Australia, and I had a great conversation. And when he said he was coming to the United States, had the notion, we should do something together while I'm there. And he said, think on that for a little bit. And I quickly fired out an email to him and said, Mark, why don't we just get a bunch of people in the room together and talk about being human? And he sent back and he said, that sounds wonderful to me, mate. And I've tried to do the accent. I'm going to, I'm going to save all of you the, <laughs> the pain of listening to that. He said, you shape up what that would look like and I'm all in. So in October 18th of 2018, Mark LaBosque and Jill Katz and Claude Silver and I got together in a beautiful room at Media Math and at the World Trade Center in New York City. And we opened up a dialogue with a group of, you know, 50, 55, 60 people that was the first Humans First Club event. Okay, so that was just four months ago now. Yes, yeah. yes. So there's all this energy, all of this, you know, the soil has been being prepped for a long time. And then there's this meeting, the Humans First Club. How do you describe the Humans First Club? I mean, I look at it and I call it a movement. I saw someone post today, called it, they were happy to be part of the revolution. Yeah. How do you? describe it or what words have you heard people describe it that have actually resonated with you is probably the better question to ask. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, I love hearing those words, right? Because, you know, I'm trying to actually 
reach out and embrace them because I would love to own those words in whatever humility or silliness or maybe it's fear. You know, I would pause to call what I'm doing a movement, right? I don't think of myself as a movement maker. So how could that happen? But when I look at the impact that it's having on people as we've gone through New York and Seattle and Dallas now, and on the 17th of January, we'll be in Denver. But the emotional response that's come from people that have attended has truly been overwhelming. And so there is a movement going on because people are raising their hands from many different cities and now many different countries asking for this to take place in their environment, in their community, in their companies. And I think movement does apply really well. The revolution, that one feels a little bit conflicting to me, but I do believe this. I think that there is a workforce revolution that is in its early stages. And what I would like to believe is if we start the dialogue and we bring good energy forward now and get well heart-centered people right. that are intelligent and are influencers and are leaders, and we start to have a productive dialogue around these challenges, then we can probably stave off of our evolution. Mm rather than having to get down the path maybe just three, four, five years from now and have that uprising, which I feel is a good synonym for a revolution, to stave off that uprising. Rather, we can get to it early and have proper planning, preparation, and dialogue and make that movement ahead of time. So I want to come in on the movement a moment before we continue the conversation Because a lot of the work I do around purpose, and this is the Higher Purpose podcast, and a year and a half ago, we did a summit, and we called that the Navigating North Summit. And when I was working with other folks that were part of the organizing team, they asked, what's your goal? And I said, well, I want to serve a movement. And they were like, well, gosh, I think it's audacious for you to think you want to start a movement. I said, no, 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 no. You did not hear me correctly. I said, serve a movement. The movement's already started. And that's what I would say along this with Humans First. This isn't something that Mike Vacanti dreamed up in his mind, just in his mind. You gave expression to something that's taking place in the market. And all of a sudden, people hear it and they're willing to jump on because the movement's already going. There's all of this energy and the recognition that the direction we've gone in the past that's led us to where we are now isn't sustainable. So that's why some of the things I would say about movement, movement just means there's this momentum in the world, this energy in the world that we're tapping into. And people are saying, I'm ready for it. You're not having to sell people on human first. You just say, hey, we're going to have a humans first club. People get it intuitively and people go, where do I sign up? Where do I show up? I'm in. Right. Right. I mean, this is what's happening. Isn't this your experience? It is so well stated that way, Kevin, and certainly the energy is out there. And that's when I started understanding there were many people that had this belief, 
and that we're hungry for this and we're expressing some of these directional programs, the movement was out there. And there were so many different points of entry or points of light, if you will. And that became, for me, the concept of Humans First Hmm. is, and doing it as a club, is can we channel all of those different points of energy and collectively do more than any one of us could do alone. Hmm. And I believe that is the true intent and value of the Humans First Club is just to draw in all of that energy so we can direct it further, faster, Hmm. reach more people. But then that fuel source is something that can be used by others as they then go back out and flourish in their own activities, in their own businesses, in their own lives. And I think one important part of this, not the most important, but an important part of this that happens is people coming together and thinking, huh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'm not the only one with this longing, with this desire. And then getting those like-minded, like-hearted people together and not trying to syndicate what it is they do or, you know, give them the franchise of here's what you, but just ignite the fire within them yeah. for them to go and do whatever humans first looks like for them in their company or community, right? Exactly. Exactly. And what I love about that, Kevin, is that, you know, very intentionally, I am not turning this into a business. And I'm actually applying all the depth of my business experience in a very counterintuitive manner to protect this from becoming a business because it exists and has value in supporting and serving others in their work. And when there's that type of collection of talents that are coming together in unique events, right? So the events themselves are unique where you have a different audience because it's a different city. We have a different grouping of presenting members, those that will speak and infuse, you know, ideas and topics and then facilitate the conversations. So with that different audience and the different topics, the richness of that whole becomes much greater. And because it's not a business, None of us, we're just looking at each other's talents and saying, let's bring them together. So nobody's looking at my shortcomings and saying, boy, Mike, I wish you had greater research. It's like, I don't need to because look at all my friends here. They have beautiful my research friends. <laughs> yes. And they're invited to the conversation because they add that value. Yeah. And so we look at each other's true talents and skills and passion. And when we combine those things, it's a wonderful playground. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about playground in a moment. When I heard that, like, oh, I like that word. I want to commend you for not impressing a business model on this. Because part of it, when I hear that, I start thinking, okay, one thing that probably shuts a movement down fast is when someone tries to own the movement. You can steward a movement. You can shepherd a movement. 
but it's not your movement to own, right? So we serve a movement. So I love that idea. Now, there's business opportunities that may spin off out of conversations from people together. And we're going to come back and talk about that in a moment. But first off, there's probably somebody listening that's going, okay, I'm enjoying this, but what does it mean to be human first? Just unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. Yes. I love to address that. Because when we get into companies, it's not a replacement for anything that's going on right now, Kevin. I really envision that it's just a reprioritization of the things that we're doing. So over the last hundred years through the Industrial Revolution, we've become brilliant at creating processes and systems and operations, and we orchestrate business to maximize efficiency and productivity and value, and we're brilliant human beings, and that's all good work that took place over a long period of time. At some point, the human element to that, the worker, the employee, just became another part of that process. Taylorism? (laughs) The Industrial Revolution? Yes. You know, I mean, that was really dehumanizing the worker. Yes. And I don't think it was done with malicious intent. No, no. But I think if we look at the research now, that's why I say we're at an inflection point. We can get into some of that, you know, later. But I don't think there's any more capacity to squeeze out of humans. And so we can look now to expand the capacity of humans in our workplace. And to do that, when we look at all of those operational efficiencies and we look at our systems and our processes, what do they look like if we take that one element and prioritize our people Hmm. over everything else that goes on in that process? Does it change that process at all? Does it enhance it? Does it break it? Does it change it or can we change it to make it better if we have that shift in priority? And so instead of ripping out all business processes and say, hey, we just, you know, we just have to go. Throw out process. (laughs) That's not what you're saying is get rid of process. I'm saying let's take all the beautiful work we've done in operating businesses And if we really want to expand our business and grow our business and make more profits and make shareholders happy, then let's find a way to increase the capacity of people. And to do that, let's address wellness. And I think very specifically, going into each of those elements of our business operations and say, what does that element look like if we put humans as the first priority, and then the other 10 things underneath that. That's my belief. I want to suggest and just ask before I go on with this, but I don't think you're saying there are no human first businesses today, that this is totally a new idea. No. You know, we're sitting here, the day we're recording is January 8th. Just in the past few days, the world said goodbye to Herb Kelleher the founder of Southwest Airlines, which Southwest Airlines, I believe from the beginning, I mean, they got this right. They were a people first 
And Herb Kelleher had this unique business model 40 years ago that if we put our people first, our people will take care of our customers and our profits will take care of themselves because the customers will keep coming back. I mean, you know, that was a people first idea. Yes. Powerful people first idea. And, you know, I was so fortunate because Mark Nagel, who is part of transformation and technology with the HR group for Southwest Airlines, joined us in Dallas at the Humans First Club. And it was fabulous what he was able to share with the history and then how they experienced that every day. And he brought forward how real that is as an experience of, you know, as an employee. And, you know, it was prior to, you know, Herb's passing. But what's amazing also from a business model and proof of concept, if you will, that it really does work, Kevin, is, you know, they're still the only airline out there that doesn't charge for baggage. And so they're giving up $2.3 billion a year on baggage fees, yet they're the only airline over the last 30 years that's been profitable every single year. So they willingly give up $2.3 billion in baggage fees and yet outperform all the other airlines from a consistency standpoint. Right, right. And, and, you know, to make that clear, from a consistency standpoint. And that's really phenomenal, especially in an industry where your number one cost of business is variable and uncontrollable, and that's fuel. Mm-hmm. And so there's, it's a tricky business. Mm. What he accomplished in that model was phenomenal. And I think we certainly see models in small businesses that get brought to the surface. I think that what Sachin Adala is doing at Microsoft now with his executive leadership team in a very rapid four-year period, he's shifted the culture of a very large corporation. And what we see is the results and the profitability have soared, right? They're over $100 billion. The stock has gone from you know, sitting at $40 forever to over $100. And again, people from Microsoft have participated in the Humans First Club as well. And the stories from inside Hmm. are really pointing to the truth and the value of this movement. I get to call it a movement now. Thank you for that. (laughs) Hey, so I want to make a comment here before we go on. As, As I was thinking about Herb, for folks that are listening, you may or may not be aware of this, but I think it's not that Herb was just a great leader, which he was. I do not want to take anything from his amazing leadership, but he created a dynamic culture and company that is now on its second or third CEO since Herb. So it wasn't just his charisma, you know, that shaped, it may have shaped it initially, but it didn't change when Herb left. And now all of a sudden they're no longer people first. He created a structure and a culture that has perpetuated this people first. Yes. And it's, you know, one of the statements that he brought or one of the quotes from Herb that will, I think, live for a long time, certainly will come from me, is we hire for attitude, we'll teach you skills. Mm 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's powerful in a world where we overvalue skills to the point that we call just showing up and being human during your day. We call those soft skills now. Right. So right. Why are they skills? Because you want to put them on a job description. <laughs> so it's funny. You're not the only one. I was quoting that in a meeting first thing this morning, a breakfast meeting this morning. I was talking about Herb Kelleher had this, you know, hire for fit, train for skill. It wasn't about skills first. All right. So you've talked about the meetings and I know there's this breadth of experience. I mean, you've had like hundreds of human first club meet. Oh no, you've had three human first club <laughs> when we talk about what's happening. So I know they've all been different, but if someone were listening and they have the opportunity to attend a human's first club meeting or event in their city, which there's some coming up and we'll, before we leave, we'll point you to the website where you can find out about those. But what might they expect? What would be different about a human's first club event? You know, oftentimes we go into meeting events and we have a very good sense of what we're going to experience, right? So it's, we're going to go in and we're going to listen to somebody talk and some of it will resonate and we'll take some notes and maybe we'll meet some people on the way out. And hopefully there's good stuff in the grab bag at the end. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they're very much talk to events, right? And they're so orchestrated with, this is the program we're going to offer. This is how you will experience it. And this then is the prescriptive manner that you can choose to apply it or not apply it. And generally, we see that the things that we discover in those events are often not applied. The difference with the Humans First Club event is it truly is an interactive event. And what I start with is the belief it's about you. (laughs) These people are paid thousands of dollars to get up and do talk to events. And they do that for a living. They volunteered to be here today in a small group to hang out with you and have a real conversation about what's going on. What are they experiencing in their talks, in their daily work as leaders inside companies? What are they experiencing? What are the challenges? And it's this feedback and interaction that becomes so rich. Also, we're not doing, you know, shout to and let's do jumping jacks and get energy going and motivate. It's can we perhaps just ignite a flame inside you? Maybe to give you permission to start operating in a manner that you believe is most natural, but you've been denied. And you felt alone, perhaps, in going to work every day and not being able to bring your full self, that there's this work-life balance, which means the outside of my life or the outside of work life and the inside work life, and I'm supposed to balance those. And the belief in many that participate here is, I want to align those. So when I come to work, I want my whole self there. And when I leave work, I'm not going to totally punch out and separate. So we have this ingrained punch clock mentality that really doesn't fit current 
you know, work culture. So at the events, I think the takeaway is I really got to meet people, hear them, let my guard down, start to build relationships. And I've watched people open up and take the shields down. And there's just magic when that happens. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. So I have yet to experience a human's first club event. I'm looking forward to my first in a couple of months. The thing I heard, I was listening, I was processing that. So speakers, rather than show and go, they stay right. and play. Yes, yes. And you talked about playground. And the playground is not a literal playground. This is a playground of ideas, a playground of concepts, a playground of conversation and just getting to know the people in the room, right? Yeah. And we're intentional about that. Mm -hmm. And what is so fun is when you think of, you know, these authors or influencers or business leaders, right? They're well experienced and generally very heart-based people. These all are certainly because they're drawn to this. They're volunteering to participate. And when they get a chance to engage and connect mm -hmm. and they feel that sense of belonging that's coming from the participants, from the attending members. There's so much value going back and forth to everybody that mm -hmm. it's comfortable. And I think that's, I think it's unique. I also think it's really needed. So what's some of your favorite feedback you've received from these initial meetings? What are <laughs> two of your favorite feedbacks? You know, one of them that always stands out to me is somebody wrote and posted the feedback and said something so simple and obvious apparently wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that because... It's such a wonderful statement of an aha moment that, oh, yeah, all of this is going on and we might hear about it in little pockets. But to actually make that the focus and address just that, it's so simple and so powerful. The others have been things like, I didn't know what to expect. And I was totally amazed. Hmm. There was another one that said, we all, coming out of Dallas, we all won tonight. I attended this Humans First Club event, and we all walked out of the room better. Love it. Love it. I got to catch my breath on that one. Yeah. And there's been many of them, and they're beautifully stated because they're emotional statements yeah. rather than Yes, I learned how to apply, you know, widget to widget. And I know that, you know, our widget factory is going to, you know, be more effective tomorrow. There's none of that. But everybody walked away knowing that I stand a great chance of enjoying tomorrow at work better than I did today. And I know that there's a group of people. There's a world of people that feel the same way as me. So now I'm not as alone. And feeling that you are capable as an individual of contributing to that difference in your workplace. 
Yes. You don't have to wait on someone else. No one has to give you permission to be human at work, to be kind, to lift others, your word. Yes. Yes. And when we can connect all of those people together, then it grows and relationships build because, you know, we don't have relationships with everybody, but we meet those people that we would love to have relationships with. And they're like-hearted, like-minded people already. So what a wonderful place to connect and an environment where that connection, that dialogue, that that's the purpose. Okay. We're running towards the end of our time. We couldn't keep talking, but you know, we hope you <laughs> continue listening. A couple of quick questions here that I want to ask you. One just hit me. If someone listening wanted to host or organize a human's first meeting, club meeting in their community, can they do that? Yeah. So my answer is yes. And as this was going on, people were raising their hands in many different cities, Kevin. And again, I stepped back and said, do I have the energy and the passion? And it's amazing when we're acting on purpose, mm-hmm. as this is why we're having the discussion today. The answer is always yes. And so when people say, can we do it in Washington, D.C.? The answer is yes. And they say, well, how does that work? And it's like, it just did. So now what we do is we find a venue, we pick a date, and magic happens. And we just go do it. Mm-hmm. Coming out of Dallas, the group said, Mike, was this close to what you intended it to be? So as we were sitting at dinner, the presenting members, a group of us afterwards, I was posed that question and I said, the experience we have is so much more valuable than the one intended. Hmm. And I believe that about doing these events in all the cities is, yes, if there is desire, then there's a will. And the beauty of the joy is found in the want. So the answer is yes. Let's embrace that. And when it needs to expand beyond, you know, this old body, then there's going to be many more that are ready and willing to be there and make it happen. And so I think this has the capacity to expand. So what's your hope that you see in the world as this movement takes off and flourishes? I would really love to see, I'll describe it as this, Kevin, the events themselves, the Humans First Club events that will happen in cities, I think that in-person events like that are very important because there is an emotional connection and it is about you, the attending audience. And having that experience really brings the right fuel in. So as those events continue to happen and it will expand the dialogue and the understanding and the content from the Humans First Club and infuse more ideas, then what I would like to see is it pulls back into more organic planting. Mm -hmm. So we take some of those ideas and concepts and probably from either the presenting members or members, attending members, or, you know, some of the leaders in groups. But 
we plant those ideals back into our communities, into our companies, and specifically into our leaders and our upcoming leaders. Because I believe these are the principles that need to be in place to have business sustainability as we go through an era of rapid change that I believe we're underestimating in the next, say, you know, that's happening now that we're going to experience over the next 10 years. It will be accelerated, more rapid. It will be larger and more disruptive than what we've experienced in the past. And we need to prepare people. So letting the overall concept continue to bloom and grow, but at the same time, bring the seeds from that and plant them into the hearts of our new leaders, into our corporations, and into our communities. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I love that. I love that. I love that vision, and I share that with you. I'm excited to see Humans First Club flourish. So for people wanting to learn more, where do we point them? Please take a look at www.humansfirst.club. So humansfirst.club is the website. Jot, send a quick note from the form in there, and it will come to my inbox, actually, and I'll connect you with the rest of the community, and we'll continue to grow and mature the communication and the interaction with that community. Hmm. So before we conclude, I just want to ask, is there something you would like to say that puts a bow on this conversation and makes it complete for you, Mike? I would love for people to feel that they're welcome. I do believe that all of you belong here. (laughs) And I really want that to be a feeling that's conveyed. And then please set aside the training of expectations of what we're going to experience when we go to a group meeting. This is not a chamber of commerce. This is not a sell to run to the back of the room and grab something event. This really is a true heartfelt connection to other human beings with the desire to do better for yourself and others. So please attend, experience it, take down your guard, come with curiosity, and share your voice, bring your ideas. And the calendar of upcoming events is on the website, humansfirst.club. Yes, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. This was every bit as much fun as I knew it would be. (laughs) And I look forward to my first Humans First Club coming up soon. I'm so excited about that. This was wonderful. I appreciate you, Kevin. Oh, I appreciate you, Mike. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that energizing and stimulating conversation with Mike Vacanti. Mike, man, there's just several things that I want to call out from that conversation. The joy is found in the want or the joy is found in the search. I just talked about that last week, talking about purpose, that the joy is in the search. Same thing here with humans first, this desire to be human first and to put people first in your work brings joy in and of itself. I love that Mike said it's not what we accomplish 
but it's who we become in the process. And that is a great reminder for all of us. And then this whole idea of humans first, I love that someone that attended one of the, I believe it was the Dallas meeting, said this is something so simple and obvious that apparently wasn't. You know, what we're talking about here is not rocket science, but if you do it, it will change your life, change your work environment, and make the world a better place. So I want to just leave you with the challenge. What could you do to live, work, and play more human first today? That's what I want to leave you with. Until next time, I want to also encourage you to live, love, and lead with purpose. Hey, it's Kevin. If you enjoyed this, I invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcast or share it with a friend. Have a great day. If you're a leader who is or wants to be entrusted with the transformation of your team, join Kevin and six other leaders for a year-long journey of transformation that will help you release your brilliance and help others to do the same. Email kevin at kevindmonroe.com to begin the application process.